0: you <music>
1: brilliant minds and looking at the world around them. How do they 360 themselves and 360 the world? Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello, welcome back to 360 Yourself. I hope you're having a beautiful morning wherever you are in the world. I always say that because I do actually hope you're having Uh, a restful, beautiful, meditative morning, whether you are in New York, LA, London. I mean, our podcast is becoming very, very popular in lots of different countries. And I love that. I love how diverse and we have so many different listeners from all the the world. I love it, love it, love it. Um, Also, one of the big news today of course, it's happened in the U.S., where the power of pre- presidency is changing hands. So we have uh, Biden taking over now from Trump, which is incredible. So uh, I'm in I'm in Devon at the moment, which is in the U.K. Um, it's happening at 4 p.m. GMT time. So I'll be definitely checking that out and looking um, what's happening. I mean, there's so much happening in the U.S. I mean, he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, there's so much that he's got to change from what Trump was in presidency for. So I'm very, very excited to see what he's going to be doing over the next couple of years and see if he can uh, re um all the audiences and the people that, have, that are in the U.S. at this moment in time. And he needs to bring everyone together. Um, so I'm very, very excited to see what he does for the U.S. in the next couple of years. Um, so anyway, moving forward, um, you probably might have seen uh, this ad recently. It, it created such a massive conversation for people. It was a Night Japan uh, campaign and it was called You Can't Stop the Future. And I'm talking to the director uh, Johan. So I'm very, very excited to see how he moves in his world, what he's interested in, and how he responds to, uh, to the, the conversation that happened with the, the, with the campaign. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Johan. How are you doing?
0: Very good. Nice to, nice to meet you and nice to be a part of this. I'm very excited.
1: I'm very, very excited to pick your brain and, and discuss everything. Um, so whereabouts are you chatting from today?
0: I'm currently in Serbia. Uh, I was in Japan doing the commercial that you mentioned. We were shooting it in in mid-November and it came out at the beginning of December. And then after that, uh, I sort of, it was time for me to come back home, even though I'm not really sure where home is at the moment. I have an apartment in New York. I live with my girlfriend in Serbia and, and I often travel to Asia, especially in this recent period when things have been going haywire in the West and when in a moment where I feel uh, Asia and the East is, is sort of more in control of society, individuals and the collective overall. So not sure where home is, but, um, but uh, right now back in Serbia.
1: Yeah, it's it's so so strange, isn't it? At the moment, I think a lo- especially within the main big cities, a lot of people have moved out now. So everyone's a bit confused where where they stand, also where their heads are. I mean, a lot of people are also in the same situation. Like, where's home? I mean, I, I was I was traveling quite a lot, and I was living in the city in London, and I moved out of London uh, probably the start of the lockdown, and now I'm just a bit like, also, well, where is my home now? Where do I feel? That that's the yeah.
0: case. I think a lot of people in that situation. Yeah, and in in a in a weird, awkward, and perverted way, it's a very good time for us to reinterpret all of these essential questions about life. I would say, you know, maybe maybe we ro- we rely on society, governments, and countries too much. Uh, in in sort of giving us reassurance, confidence, and security in who we are, what we do, where we live, and maybe this is a good moment to sort of question all of those things and to ask ourselves, you know, what what do, what lies within, and where do we, you know what are the true values that we carry, and do we have them, and and are they there, and are we working on developing our personal, intimate, and interior um, lives.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think a lot of people are just becoming more self-reflective. And, and I think it, 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 we question ourselves going and understanding what it means to be human. I think that's what it is. Like, what do, who do we want to become? Because I think a lot of people have been on that kind of hamster wheel for so long and then kind of it stopped. And then people were able to look, look at their life and going, is this the person I want to be? Also, is this the path I want to take as well?
0: Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I've had I've had the unique opportunity of really going against the grain this year. I think I'm that type of person that I I like adventure and I like to question everything and I like to sort of exemplify in my life, though, you know, the questioning of everything. And I have recently not, I've not traveled in recent years as much as I did this year. You know, I escaped, I I say escaped New York somewhere in March and went to Mexico, which was a safe place at the moment, met my girlfriend there who came from Serbia. We were in Mexico for a little bit and then it started getting a little bit dangerous in Mexico as well in, in regards to the pandemic and we found a loophole of entering Japan. Because um, Mexico was still treated then as a safe place, then we were there in Japan. I, I almost started a whole new life over there. Uh, and then I spent some time in Dubai. Then back in Serbia. Then I was on a road back through Cambodia to enter Japan again. So I've had the unique, unique opportunity of seeing this planet at, you know, at key moments uh, during this pandemic and, and the lockdown. And it was really interesting to see all of these places that are usually filled with millions of people like you know the the main square in downtown tokyo in shibuya you know the intersection that we see on videos and commercials completely empty in the middle of the day
1: yeah yeah. and and
0: and and to realize you know and to 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 start to appreciate all of these things that we're missing right now more and more Mm. being with people and 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 living what we used to see a normal life
1: yeah. So when you went from Mexico to Japan, was that just because did you because did you know that you were going to be shooting there later on, or did you just go? Uh, not happened, at all. Not at all. Yeah.
0: Not at all. Not at all. I I went to Japan for the first time two years ago, and there was something really inspiring about that country. It's it's the closest I've been to another planet uh, on 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 our planet, and and I don't know. It's just Japan, the way it's constructed. It it's it's very uh, they they found an, a very nice balance between respect for the individual and for the collective and Mm -hmm. and somehow I've noticed myself you know it's one of the Tokyo is one of the biggest cities on this planet if not the biggest one yet never was I sort of nervous or irritated or agitated about other people or or about crowds in the subway or you just there's there's such a good balance between as I said the personal and the collective and there's such a sort of appreciation of life and all of the small things in life that you you learn to you learn to enjoy life a lot more than in some other, especially Western cultures where we can often get very uh, nervous, agitated without others, very, very you know, anxiousness on all levels from work to personal life. And, and this appreciation started, I felt I was becoming a better person. And, and you know, at, at the moment of the pandemic, somewhere in April, Asia to me felt, you know, I, I'm always sort of focused on thinking, where, what next? In, in terms of what I do, in terms of art, communication, in terms of politics, I'm always thinking, what is the next step? Where can we go from here?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and thinking in thinking in terms of our life, my life at that moment, Asia seemed like the safest place. Actually, you know how how they dealt with the pandemic itself. It felt very safe. And honestly, to tell you. While I was in Japan, I, I told my girlfriend, it feels like, you know, it's winter everywhere in the world and it's really, really cold. And we are here in a cozy, warm bed in Japan. That's, that's what it felt like.
1: <laughs> Isn't it? Is it because of the culture? Is that because you felt better as a person? Why, why is it that Japan made you feel that way compared to any other kind of city or country?
0: I think first, first of all, there there's a certain politeness within their culture that that I feel very close to. Uh, you, I, I think, just just the politeness of everything. Even if you did something wrong and the police stops you, you know, here in, in, in Serbia especially, or in England or wherever, you would you would you'd think that it's kind of you know. Uh, 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 a situation that's not that pleasant you know uh-huh. here you know i w- we parked our bikes in the wrong place and the cops came over because someone called them and someone called them not because they were irritated by us parking in the wrong place but because they were parked in the wrong place and that's what you do and the cops came over and we were talking to them and it was all together such a pleasant experience oh, i really all, you know y- yes because in the end we got a ticket we didn't pay any fine and you had a feeling that the police were there doing their job for the purpose of making the city and and the community a better place and to help you because these rules have a function to put everything in a place for the overall enjoyment and security of everyone and once and this is so apparent that you understand that even if you did something bad this is being done for the overall good of everyone, including you. Yeah. And once you feel, you feel a part of that system, it's a joy. Yeah.
1: It's because I think people get so defensive, I think, when they feel like they're being targeted. But actually, if you take a zoom away from it, it's actually they're doing it for the greater good. So you go, OK, you relinqu- relinquish your ego and you go, well, OK, I'm in the wrong. But also they're doing it for the, for the greater good for, 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 for everyone, not just for myself
0: exactly and when that communication and and the only way the only way you realize this is because the communication let's say with the police officers in this situation was yeah, pleasant yeah. and was polite and that yeah. allows you to sort of not get irritated and to see the greater good to sort of pull uh, out as you say and see you know the the, the global picture of it all exactly
1: yeah. so so talking about japan how is it like shooting the night japan campaign then and and also how do you feel about the kind of the discussion that's happened from the film.
0: Well, I mean, it was really it was a tough, tough process, and it was not easy. Um, uh, Nike Nike has a general tendency to 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 uh, sort of immerse themselves in 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 social social themes, topics, and and to deal with them. And I was honestly very surprised because. Uh, you know, it was quite, how should I say, it was quite a, a, a challenge even for them to tackle such, such a subject in Japan, but, but they did, and, and a lot of it came from, uh, you know, they, they were very willing to deal with subjects and and I think the way they got to to this commercial is that they did they did some research studies and they they were sort of invested into exploring what young people in Japan want to change and what they felt were important issues. And everything started from that. And Nike supporting young young people and in supporting initiative of all sorts and being a part of social change on all levels got them got them to it. And and the studies, the studies in Japan sh- have shown that young people really would like to change uh, 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 bullying, which is a big topic in Japan, uh, and which comes and stems from you know Japan being such a polite society that you don't talk much about your in- most inner feelings and your problems with everyone. You it's just out of politeness that you don't do. So the politeness that I said is a great thing has has its obvious problems as well. But bullying is one of the things and. Obviously, racism on all on all levels is something that the young people wanted to, uh, to change to change and influence. And then, you know, there's that whole topic uh, of Zainichi Koreans who live in Japan. And that is a sort of um, these are Korean people that have been in Japan for many, many ger- generations, even before the war of North Korea versus South Korea, which, wow. you know, we can, we, can, we can discuss on a wide basis and see how much it was influenced and sparked by other nations and the surrounding nations. You know, Japan conquered a, a, a big deal of Korea and, and let's, let's say imported a lot of Koreans into Japan who do whether, whether anyone likes it or not, do have a different and special status in Japan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were very careful in this commercial and I was very careful. We did not, and I did not want to accuse anyone of anything.
1: Of course. And yeah. we, we just wanted yeah. to
0: we just wanted to portray yeah. you know things that, that kids deal with.
1: Yeah, and, and even pointing if, fingers yeah. though, isn't it? I think that's when it that's when it goes downhill. But if you take more of an observational look, I think then it's a bit of a safer place to be.
0: Well, it's, safe, it's safer and more honest, you know, because yeah. the thing is that, you know, I'm not saying Japanese people are racist, but, you know, what is what is racism in that sense? We have a, we have a scene in which the, the Japanese teacher introduces a new student. And she says, "We and we're introducing a new student. And she's not even saying that, you know, the girl is Korean or that she's like this, she's like that, but just her, and she's not doing it even for a bad reason. She's excited to introduce someone of a different color, but just her being pointed out uh, even in a kind way, she's still being pointed out. And that, and that will make you feel in a certain way. Even, you know, even if it's not directly negative, just pointing out someone because of something, even if someone thinks it's in a positive way, creates a certain, uh, creates certain psychological circumstances. You know, we sure. have a scene yeah. in which a girl is wearing a Korean school uniform walking to school and we have two guys that simply look at her. They don't mm-hmm. need to say anything or anything, but just just their gaze makes you makes guy. you feel you, yes, and and you know it, it doesn't have to be a positive judgment uh, or it doesn't have to be a negative judgment to have a psychological effect on you for for you to feel different,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and it's
0: that and that awesome. is that yeah. is the key. This is not a story about bad intentions and bad and people, yeah. but it's it's rather a story of us trying to understand trying to come out of our skin and see and try to understand how other people feel. As Scott Peck, the guy who wrote uh, The Road Less Traveled, he was looking for a definition of love. And I think he found one of the best definitions of love. He says, love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of your own or someone else's spiritual growth. So the idea of this commercial was not to divide, but rather quite the contrary by not pointing fingers. It was just trying to provide a look, into how someone else may feel without making anyone feel bad or guilty about it. But it's interesting how people take this even worse, <laughs> you know, take it to heart on on such an extreme level that they 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 obviously you know feel for it and and struggle with these issues on such a level that it's very difficult for them just to step out of their skin for even for a brief second and try to uh, understand how someone else feels without uh, judging or without having their ego being hurt. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and because I mean, did you? I'm assuming you must have known you would have had a kind of debate or conversation about the, the certain subject that you that you had because it was a massive conversation, and i I was involved in the night Ka- one of the Knight Kaepernick, uh campaigns yeah. for years. Ago, yeah, and we obviously knew as a, as a creative team that obviously there's going to be a conversation about it. I mean, did you? Of course, I had. I
0: I'm I'm actually quite naive, and I had no idea. I honestly did not. I honestly felt that the way that I structured the story and the narrative was very uh, safe and very human. And I'm an idealist and I, and I thought no one would be offended on any level and they would just see this as, a, as an insight into how other, someone else might feel under some um, other, other um, uh, circumstances. But Nike and I think everyone else uh, was quite aware and and they were not surprised by by the reactions after all i i i was quite surprised and and you know and that's when i really became proud of what we did
1: mm, of course and so where did it all start then because you obviously you must have stu- i think you studied in uh, film directing where did it start and your kind of vision and your language and your way of of directing where did it all start from
0: that, that's a good question. Yeah, I studied film directing uh, first in uh, Serbia and uh, no, first in, in Chicago. I, I sort of grew up between Serbia and the States. My parents are both engineers, professors. Right. So I grew, grew up in California, went to first grade of elementary school, then went back to Serbia to go to first grade of elementary school again. Then in seventh grade, I went to Kansas when my parents were teaching at Kansas University and I lived at, at, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Um, Then I went back to Serbia to finish high school. Then I went for my first year of studies to Columbia College in Chicago to study film. Then after a year when Serbia was bombed, that was 1999. I went back to Serbia to continue studying directing over there. And then I made a production house in Belgrade where we started producing commercials and, and feature films. And then from there, I started building my career and traveling back to the States and New York and then started starting to do things more and more globally. And I think if you ask me where it all started, I think me traveling and growing up in so many various places was the key for me to to understand What are the similarities and what are the differences between different cultures, different continents and different people on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the key for me to understand that we have so many more similarities than we have, than we have differences, you know, wherever I travel today, people always tell me, "Oh, know, we know you do commercials here and here but you know. Be aware that here in China everything is completely different. But then I would go to LA and everyone would tell me, hey, Johan, you know, we know that you shoot here and here, but you just so you know, LA, it's really different than any other place. And the and only actual is truth
1: so yeah.
0: everywhere it's completely different, but the only real truth that I found is that actually everywhere it's completely the same. Once you dig under the surface of things, how people look, how people live, you know, and, and once you start understanding different countries and different places more like levels of, of one video game, you know, you start seeing that the structure underneath, the human structure uh, of what, what makes us who we are, the insecurities, the the the, the good and the bad. It's we're all ruled by the same by the same principles and the same emotions and the same insecurities and the same questions and the same tendencies and the same wishes and dreams and so on, you know. So I think it all started in in, in me traveling back and forth and and finding a way to bridge these geographical and cultural gaps. And then now in making films and commercials, I think one of my main sort of inherent and uh inherent tendencies that you know or or needs as a human beings are to prove this this connection and this similarity uh, between us all
1: Mm, mm, mm. because it's so evident in your work that you really like to explore the human experiences and see what kind of it's underneath the surface and it's really fascinating how you you have such a like a documentary luxury kind of commercial sort of edge and it's really fascinating it's not just it's not just like a service stuff, it, you really get to tackle it, even, even if you're doing a commercial.
0: Thank you so much. That makes me really happy if you if you see that that way. I'm, yeah, I'm always insecure yeah. if it comes across.
1: Yeah, I really, really do. And Because I, I read that you've just uh, finished your second feature film. Um, and so how did that kind of go about?
0: Yes, that that the, the the recent feature film and I'm I'm still finishing sound for it and and I've been shooting it for a few years. Um, came out of at one moment in Serbia, there was a strike of young people and filmmakers against the government for not really giving money for films and projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just wanted to prove at that one moment that you don't need. St- that maybe you can make a film even without much funds, and that's when I started sort of digging into this idea. I had a friend who, who worked for a I think Norwegian uh, NGO that was helping finance uh, the juvenile prison in Serbia, and 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 knowing her, I, I I sort of came up with the idea that she could possibly help me get all the permits to go and shoot in this juvenile prison, and you know I'm I'm attracted always to to uh, juveniles in general I think there's there's something awfully inspiring about about young people and growing up in in sort of this coming coming of age story obviously Mm -hmm. you can see it in Nike as well but also institutions and and sort of seeing seeing this society and this world as a big institution and and sort of fighting against institutions I have this inherent need to fight all institutions so so it took me a year to get all the permits but then we, uh, me and a friend, fellow filmmaker and one sound recordist, we, we were admitted to the, the juvenile prison in the south of Serbia. And we, went, we spent a year there on and off, living in the prison and following several kids and shooting a documentary film, which was extremely rewarding.
1: But it, but it, it goes back to kind of, you don't need to have big, big budget to make a really interesting story. I mean, yeah
0: no especially today today it's possible you know it it depends of course what what you're doing and for some things you need a big budget if you're making a hollywood blockbuster you you definitely do um i think what is much more important and much more needed today is is distribution and having access to an audience and getting things getting things seen i think that is that is something that is much much more expensive today than, than actually creating something but i'm a big believer that uh things of quality find find their path to an audience
1: yeah it really does i mean it's, it goes back to the kind of if it's good and if it's if it's creative and it resonates with people people will see it even though it is difficult to kind of get the, the marketing and to get it seen by people people it, eventually it, if it, it if it resonates with people and it's good enough essentially people will see it
0: I th- I think so I think so I think I think people are eager and hungry for meaning always and we yeah. as you know we we're, we're that sort of being that we're we're constantly trying to figure things out and find some meaning and to find some purpose now so, so if there's anything that sort of relays that or remotes that we are we are eager to find it I, I I'm mm. a believer that good things are are coming
1: but, and, and, you, and you see so much at the moment or I, I do see so much that has no purpose in terms of filmmaking it's just like where's your why and it gets so frustrating because you're just like I'm, you're just creating it for creating sake and you're not actually utilizing what's around you and also just having a conversation about something and going well why is this like this or why is that like that and maybe that's just how my mind works and potentially that is definitely how your mind works, that we have to have that why. I,
0: I, I absolutely think so. You know, I, I read that book a few years ago by Yuval Noah Harari, uh, Sapiens, and it was really inspiring. And, you know, he talks about what is the key difference between us human beings and other animals. And, you know, the difference seems that we work well in big groups and that we unconsciously work on you know on this global and collective project of us as a human race and mm-hmm. and however things may seem in 2021 that we're fucking up and that uh, and that you know we're going on a downward spiral we're actually doing much better than we were you know mm-hmm. 50 years ago i mean look we we had a world war and we had great famines and you know it's rare in 2021 that you know a whole country will will go without food and that everyone will die. We, you know, we have worldwide associations and groups that will help with food, with this and that. You know, borders are slowly disappearing. In general, when you look at the things of statistics, you know, we have much less problems than we did 20, 30 years ago. Maybe, maybe how we eat is 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 a bigger problem. But in general, we're doing overall better. I think we're just more connected and we're and our, our level of scrutiny is more intense that we're just becoming bigger and bigger perfectionist and and we're all sort of involved in this global process of getting things better but but looking at the world and on that level of us as a collective that has a bigger project uh, at hand you know creating things that will help and benefit the global collective is is important you know whether it's politics whether it's writing whether it's creating a film whether it's creating just a poem or you know or creating some sort of some sort of invention or a gadget or an iphone or whatever all of these all of these things are slowly advancing humanity towards something i'm just not completely sure what it is and i yeah. hope it's going to, it's going to be in the end something better
1: yeah I it, it's about it's about kind of like that accessibility isn't it and we have so much accessibility to see everyone's lives and as you said like things probably were uh were a lot worse 20 30 years ago and now they're a lot better i mean slave slave trade trade as i made 100 years ago yep. whatever it wasn't and, and now it's, it's it's getting to a point where it's better but it, it still needs to be a lot done but yes. the, the thing the thing is that we have now is the digital aspect we can see everyone. You, you, it, yes. everyone, everyone is accountable of their own actions and you like maybe 150 years ago, things were going on, but we just didn't know about it. And so now you, you know everything that's going on in the world. You can film it, you can see it. So it becomes so much more difficult to maneuver yourself and to do good or to do bad. Like you have to, you have to be doing something that's purposeful to push mankind to a better place. Because if not, you, you, we, we will see it because it's digital.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, that's why we sometimes wrongfully romanticize some previous times because then we didn't know and, and we saw an idealized version of things and, you know, we were not so informed and we didn't see and we were not aware of all the things that were happening. But I can guarantee you that with the level of scrutiny that we all have today using, you know, via phones, computers, social media, et cetera, et cetera, we, we see much more of everything that is wrong. And so, even though it may seem like we're not doing better, I, I'm quite sure that we're we're slowly we're slowly improving day by day.
1: Mm, I think I think so. I mean, you have to. I mean, it's it's like the so it's like the conversation about brands and companies. If you don't have a why, you don't have a purpose. Like, I speak to so many marketing people about you now can't be a brand or company one, if you're not doing anything about sustainability and two, you don't understand your why because people won't buy into it. People now will not buy into companies. If the company does not have a stand on one side or the other, they just can't stand on the fence anymore.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and I think that comes partly from, you know, people being owners of these companies, because in the end we have less and less companies that are owned by one person and more and more, you know, corporations that are, that are, run after ipos by you know by stockholders so you know we are we are in the true sense of the word uh, you know becoming owners of these companies that that we also sort of uh, uh, buy into and believe in and you know that in 2020 2021 we have more and more owners of stocks that, you know, 50 years ago, you would have stock owners that were much, much richer. Today, it's something that, you know, through apps, the is, is available to people that would never have owned such stocks before, you know. So, so in some way, uh, yeah, I do believe things are slowly getting better. Or at least I mm-hmm. hope so. I, I, I don't see much sense if I would believe differently in, in yeah. anything.
1: And and because and because of the environment and the the headspace that you're in, do you ever have moments when you're working through briefs and pitches with people and companies and brands and clients that you go, you maybe receive something and you go, well, actually, we could actually explore this a bit, time bit further, or there's no, there's not a greater why, and slightly have that kind of dialogue, or is it more like you're presented with something and then okay, where you have to kind of deal with what you're doing or can you sort of manipulate it sort of to be a bit of a a more purposeful film or project?
0: Absolutely. I think for me, you know, what I look for in work is you never find a perfect script and you never find a perfect situation, but you do find scripts, ideas and projects or clients that, that show a seed of something that could be grown into something meaningful. And I think for me, the key is, am am I able to, and do I have the opportunity to create something meaningful, to put, to add some meaning to whatever I'm making, whether it's a music video, short film and, and anything else. And that is like, if I can put meaning into it, and if I can say something that I believe society people and audiences need to see need to feel need to confront need to hear that's what motivates me to 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 do what i do and you know if you if you ask me who makes me think that i i have something intelligent to say well i do i (laughs) you know
1: yeah and so uh, but has there has there been points where it it, it doesn't hasn't really worked out for you in terms of a pitch uh, like an art pitch but like a conversation with a client and they're going well this is what we want to do and you go well actually I don't really believe in this uh, and more well that, I, I, I see yeah. where it could go and but I'm not I'm not in line with it
0: yes it has happened it has happened mostly not that I don't want to say what they want to say but mostly that they don't want to say so much you know Uh, and and right now I'm looking at a script for a big big brand in in China who's one of the biggest sponsors of the Olympic Games in 2021 and you know they want to talk about they want to talk about society and and everything but I have a feeling from my conversations that you know they maybe don't want to go too deeply into it you know they want to go a little bit but not too deeply into it because everyone is scared of anything that that has has real real and deep meaning so sometimes you need to manipulate sometimes you need to sort of you know woo them into it you need to convince you need to persuade you need to you know you need to inspire but you know that's 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 part of that's part of what I do you know and 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 a big part of what I do is getting creating the opportunity to make something good, not just knowing how to make something good and something meaningful, but creating the opportunity and and guiding people in a way where they will help you and allow you to, to do that. I think it's equally as important. So there's not much use in, in amazing ideas that you've never made. And, you know, there's not much point in, in crying over them or whining over not being able to do them. But um, it's, it's more important to find a way to do it and to lead and to inspire and to turn things around and over. So, you know, they do what they do, but they also touch people on, on a human level.
1: Mm. And do, I'm assuming obviously when you come in, you have conversations with uh, numerous clients now, and obviously when people, Always say when they're first coming up into like the acting world or film world or photography world. That when they first come into the industry, it's so difficult to really get your opinion. But obviously, as you move up, move up the ladder, you can have more of an opinion. Did you find that? Were you able to kind of have that conversation as you do now um, when you were when you were just coming into the industry?
0: Not at all. Not at all. I, I can tell you that the first projects that I did were the most difficult because it's always a catch twenty two. You can't. You know, you want to do amazing projects, you want to say big things, but no one will give you that opportunity because you have no work to prove that you can do that. So, you know, you have to move, you have to move little by little and, and you, you know, you're you're insecure, you know, in the beginning, I thought maybe I would never find the opportunity, but then you do a little bit of something and you move it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then as, as you do more and more and you do bigger and bigger projects, it gets easier, Um, but never But but so does your appetite, you know, things become easier, but at the same time, your appetite becomes bigger. So your demands for meaning become greater, hence it never gets truly easier uh it does looking from the outside but from an internal perspective of what drives you and what is what is important it it does not really
1: for sure because people never see the nose though do they they see okay you've just no done a massive campaign it's to really really grow out well they see the catalog of stuff and they go oh yeah you must easily get asked what his opinion is all the time on these projects and then he gets to do what he wants to do. Actually, no, you, you don't see the behind scene. You, you don't see all the no's and, the, and go, oh, actually I want, we want to do it this way. And you go, well, I don't really want to do it that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. you never get to see it from the behind.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. it's a, but, uh, but eventually it will get a lot, lot easier, obviously as you develop and as you grow, because then you have a more of a bankable sort of collective of work that people go, okay, I'm going to, to you to deliver this because I see that you've delivered six different other projects that are sort of like that. And I think that's how generally the commercial sector really works. They need to know that you're gonna deliver what you say you're gonna deliver.
0: Yes, it is true. But on the other hand, you have you have that sort of trap that, you know, once you do something great, they everyone wants to call you to do that same thing for them.
1: Isn't it? And, and then you get trapped in that, that world.
0: <laughs> yes. And and you know, the least the thing that you want to do least is something that you've already done. You want to change and you want to do something new and new and you want to you want to grow. So that element of of sort of feeling irritated and feeling trapped with by where you are and you wanting to move. It's always there, you know, and you always have to sort of move in out of your comfort zone in order to improve and make great things. And you have to sort of move others around you out of that comfort zone as well. There's this imminent tendency of people to stay in their comfort zone. But at the same time, you know, we would not have progressed and we would not have evolved as humanity unless we were moving out of that comfort zones you
1: know mm-hmm. yeah no it's so so true i mean it, it, they always say about risk though you have to have those risks to be growing forward if you're not you're not risking what where you are you're just basically standing still you're standing still yes like, and we're not i'm not yes. growing, i'm not moving forward but we have to, we yes. have to take risks. so brands people everyone has to take risks to move forward to, to go to where we haven't been before
0: yeah. And I just remember that commercial for Apple from quite a few years ago about, you know, all these mad people and geniuses who, who you know, from Albert Einstein to, I don't know, who Picasso and Salvador Dali and all these different people who, you know, who sort of inspired and, and and helped move things forward, who were, you know, treated, looked at as like madmen mad in a way, you know, <laughs> um, it's true.
1: Yeah, it's. I think. I think it was called "Here's to the Crazy Ones." I think it was called exactly that. Exactly. Yeah, right. it was exactly like 90, that one. Like it was in the '90s, but it was. A, I mean, it's a great, great advertisement. And I mean, I think Apple yeah. and Nike for I mean, they're, they're my two favorite brands, but only because they just they do things differently. They take the risks. They do things that yes. they've and that's why they become they become leaders. They don't look at everyone else and going, "What is Samsung doing? What is?" What are we doing? They just go. Well, we, what are we doing? I and I love exactly. Kind of Think
0: exactly, exactly.
1: And so, exactly. Within, and also within your kind of your vision of, of image making, how is it? How important is soundtrack and music? Because obviously, I was talking to someone yesterday about about running, and they were. I was I was running on my uh, talk, uh, running in my local nature park, and I was. Mm-hmm. Saying, I really enjoy listening to podcasts and music, but obviously, someone was like, Oh, I don't really listen to music because music. Changes my emotion, changes what I'm thinking, and it's so so true. And it's so really difficult to choose the right music to really make us feel a certain way. And even if it is music, or is it a soundscape, or is it instrumental? How important music is for you and your soundtracks when you're coming up with these ideas?
0: Extremely, extremely important. I used to produce electronic music, and I have, no a, I have a music project. I have a music project right now that I'm working on with my friend, and and. and and we're doing that right now but you know when i start any project i start from the music even when i'm writing a treatment or a script i i find you know i start from the general feeling what is the feeling that i want to create what is the emotion and for me that's always like a a combination of music and pictures so Mm -hmm. i usually make a playlist for myself of, of maybe 20 tracks that i feel coincide with with the with the emotion and with the image that i'm going for that inspires me Mm -hmm. and then i sort of play it to myself on repeat as i write and slowly i narrowed that list down to let's say three or five five tracks and then let's say in the nike job it was me and the creative director uh that were sort of analyzing these tracks and seeing what are what are the similarities what what is the thread within all of these all of these pieces of music that sort of worked well together and um and you know in terms of nike we noticed that you know there was a contemporary modern element that was very sort of poppy and that made a connection with everyone i noticed that it was the music that i was listening to was in a minor key Um, I noticed that there was a lot of childish sort of elements in the music that are kind of like very simple almost like from children's music sounds that are kind of like a music box this and that and that that speaks to the innocence of the characters in the commercial and then there was an empowering second part. And there was some choirs, and you know, we noticed a whole bunch of elements, and then we sort of jotted it down. And then I went to uh, a a music composer that I'd I'd love to work with, that worked on my short film *Juvenile*, um, that that I spoke about, and who I really trust uh, musically. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then we proceeded from there. So, so for me, you know, it starts with music, and in the end, you know, putting it together with the soundtrack, it it it, it ends there as well.
1: Mm. Absolutely. In my case, a lot of time, the music comes after, after that you've shot it, and then it goes, and then they're sort of editing it, and sometimes it's not even worked out what music they want. And I always get, and the demos are going, it's sort of like this, it might be something different, but so was it, was the music like the first thing that you, that you choose usually, especially even in commercials, or is it like you've come up with the idea the, the storyboards happened, you shot it, and then the music gets decided, and then you start editing it, how does it work? I mean, we,
0: we always decide the music in, in, in the end, but I, I, whatever, I have music at the beginning that inspires me. Sometimes it's the music that we use in the end is inspired by that and related to it, sometimes it's not. Uh, but whatever the case, I can tell you one thing that I'm, a, I'm very much against uh, reference music. I think reference music is something that really destroys creativity. And I even watched a video essay on YouTube. Um, forget the guy who does who did a whole video about you know why, well, for example, why do we not remember? Do you remember? You remember the music from Star Wars, for example, right? We can all remember the tune, yeah. but do you remember the music from any of the Marvel movies? No, no one can sing. No, none of them. And that's because they're mostly done based on reference musics that were sort of laid on to the edit. And then the composer has to sort of compose alongside of that reference. He doesn't have the space to create something unique in his own. You know, if you're guided by references, it's just a copy of something and doesn't have its unique value. And in that sense, you know, if, if you have reference music, then it's better to pay the rights if you're able to, and most, most times you're not, and use that piece of music or work with the composer and give him and give the, give him more abstract guidelines you know in terms of emotion and feeling and give him the freedom to put his soul in you know if yeah. you if you lower his job to the level of technically copying something that already exists he can't put himself into it and thus he can never create something that is memorable and unique you know
1: Mm -hmm. but it's so difficult i think in in commercial land because obviously they're always referencing they're always going it's sort of like that and i want that and you get so many links to things going we basically want that but a bit different and so uh, well, yeah. pad, it's always it's always it's always references. It's, it's
0: references. that's how that's that's the problem with references. And more and more, you know, the, the, the higher I get on this ladder of, of success in what I do, the less and less and less I use references to other commercials and music videos and films. If anything, I use a reference to to a, a music author or or to a filmmaker or to a book. You know, I think it's the, the more abstract your references, the better because Mm. when it's when it's abstract and when when you describe it through words you allow for the imagination of another to work at hand you know and obviously and imminently as we said it it's it's in direct contrast with the safety that we're yearning for it's again that risk that you mentioned that you know moving out of your comfort zone i think i think that's sort of the key the key to sort of growing evolving and doing something new and different is to move out of that comfort zone (laughs) and to enter that zone of risk that we Mm. spoke about and i
1: think and i think some people have a lot of trouble finding images and sourcing and doing all that kind of referencing because some things that they're creating hasn't been created before so how can you reference it and that's exactly the problem
0: exactly when they asked orson welles what kind of movies does he like to watch he said movies i don't watch movies i go to the theater
1: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's, it's very simple it's very simple in that way that just they, I just go and watch theatre I don't want like, what type of stuff you just go, I watch. I like watching theatre um, exactly so, but what I so as you as round up the podcast is what I like to ask all my guests is, is a give back so we give back to our audience I'd love to know how, what if you if you could take a moment to think about books films paintings uh, mantras, quote anything that you've kind of uh, invested and digested over your kind of career. Who, what would you give back to someone, or even your younger self, to to look at or to to read?
0: I mean, to read there there are several key things that that are that were important to me. I'd love to listen to lectures of Alan Watts, for example, mm-hmm. but specifically to listen to his lectures and his voice and his understanding of life and how funny and hilarious life is while at the same time is, it's extremely serious and and deep and and he you know in, in 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 everything he speaks about he sort of embraces these two levels of of life i think that's one part of it uh definitely the monty python's flying circus and the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy i think those are extremely useful books and the older i am the more i find them true and correct mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what I would, that's, those are the first things that come to mind. Recently, I've been thinking about this quote of Woody Allen, who says 80% of life is simply showing up. I love that quote. So I think, true, you know, isn't it? It is, it is it is just going out there and 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 just appearing to something is is half the thing so if i can give advice to anyone who's starting out in anything whatever it may be or has questions about how to achieve something i think just be guided by that quote and it will it'll, it'll it'll be an amazing start
1: yeah i mean you see you can even translate just just that into like relationships with people even if you, you're dating someone for instance you want just someone to show up to be there, to be like, yes. I'm standing here for you. And that obviously can be related in terms of uh, the career and, and filmmaking as well, just actually just showing up and doing the job. Um, Absolutely. A, lot, a lot of people don't even show up, or they show up two days late. <laughs> or Absolutely. or like half a day late, which is mental. I, I mean, I don't know if I could, I would have such anxiety being late. I'm always early. <laughs> always, always early because i have such anxiety about people just waiting on me and i hate it because time is very very short it's really really short so we want to squeeze as much as we can out of life absolutely yeah well i want to say thank you so so much for coming on the podcast because it's been absolutely a pleasure to talk to you and to see how you think and how you see the world so thank you very much for coming on to 360 yourself
0: you're very very welcome please call me again
1: This is 360 Yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms. Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360, and our host at JN. Thank you for listening.